Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another Healthynomics podcast, episode number 13. This is your host, Mark Kennedy. I've got a pretty cool guest for you today. In this episode, I chat with Abel James, the fat-burning man himself. In this episode, Abel and I discuss how he became the fat-burning man, the most common misconceptions people have about diet and fitness, how to develop healthy habits, the workout plan that's helped Abel stay fit, ways for you to self-test and improve your health, and much more. For the show notes for today's episode, please head over to healthynomics.com slash able, and there you'll be able to find all the links to everything we've talked about in today's show. Now let's get to today's episode. Let's go hang with Able James. Hey everybody, it's Mark Kennedy again. Welcome to the show, and uh, today I've got a special guest, Able James. Abel, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you've been someone I've been following uh, online for quite a while. And um, to be honest, I, I saw your, your picture on, uh, on iTunes all over the place and uh, you're being interviewed all over the place. And I was like, who is this guy with, you know, he's got his shirt off. Um, you know, so I, to be honest, I kind of avoided you for a little while. <laughs> and, that doesn't surprise me. And then, but I saw you at the top of the charts and, you know, ah, I got I have to give this guy a listen. So, uh, you know, I must say, uh, and, and to your credit, after I listened and, um, to your story and your expertise and your great interviews and your podcast, I was blown away. And, uh, anyways, thanks so much for the information that you put out. Oh, thank you, Mark. I, I really appreciate that. And yeah, it's, uh, it's so funny because I think, uh, most people who know me, uh, also know that I'm not the first guy to take my shirt off at all. But my, my dirty little secret is I've been a health blogger since like 2007. Um, but it was always kind of like without putting myself out there. And as soon as I started really putting myself out there, um, that's when everything kind of turned around and it just blew up and I started, you know, um, doing really well on, on the charts and getting a lot of momentum. But I think one of the biggest reasons for that is because, uh, when I was reading, uh, research and looking at diet books and, and looking for the latest trends and stuff like that, the first thing I would always do is flip the book over and see what the author looks like, you know, or go to the blog and go to the about page. Just like, does this person know what they're talking about or not? Right. And so I, I think, um, at this point I've just abandoned all shame, <laughs> and that's, that's which, cool. which helps a lot. And so if, uh, if people know that, that at least I get it so I can have a body like Wolverine, at least I know what I'm talking about, um, to some degree, what works on my own body. And that's, that's really what I want to do for everyone to say, this is, you can be better than you are right now. You can feel better. You can be happier. And, uh, unfortunately the other end of that is that people don't click on pictures of kale and as much as I like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. totally like artful shot of like some cabbage or, or some veggies or something like that. People don't click on pictures of kale. Yeah, no, you're totally right. But, uh, anyways, thanks for what you do. So that's a, that's a, a perfect segue, I guess, to, um, let's, uh, have you maybe tell us a bit about you, where you grew up and how you became this fat burning man. Yeah, man, I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire and, uh, we, it was cool because like we, uh, we always had like a peach tree, an apple tree, uh, pear trees and grapes that grew in the backyard and we'd go and pick blueberries by the fishing spot and the rest of it. And so there was this like cool kind of connection, uh, with the land, but at the same time, you know, it was, it was, I was growing up in the eighties and the nineties and that was pretty much the worst time for food ever, the nineties specifically. 
<clears throat> and so, you know, we had our, our fair share of fish sticks and cheese its and all the rest of that stuff too. And so as I got older, I kind of went f- uh, farther and farther away from, um, my family eating real food, you know, and, and my family did as well, which is kind of interesting. Um, eventually, you know, I, I went down a vegetarian vegan path for a little while and my doctors, um, when I got to be in my twenties, basically I just kind of started following their advice because I was working so hard. I was like working three jobs, trying to pay off my college loans and working in, in DC wearing suits and shaking hands and stuff. And so whenever my doctor said, well, uh, your, your blood numbers basically say that you should eat a super low fat diet. Cause I was, you know, getting higher cholesterol, higher triglycerides and high blood pressure and a bunch of other things and putting on weight. And they're just like, well, you need to eat less and exercise more. So I was running 30 plus miles a week and eating super low fat and uh, just trying the best I could. And I was getting fatter and sicker and fatter and sicker. And uh, it took my house burning down oh, man. Uh, shortly after I moved to Austin for me to kind of look in the mirror and be like, okay, this isn't working. You know, my, my face is inflamed. I'm totally like fat and sick. And this, this sucks. I need to do something different. Now, now were your uh, cholesterol levels going up? I'm just curious because I had kind of a similar thing. Yeah. I've got sort of higher cholesterol in my family, but... Um, and I've since sort of cleaned it up with, you know, probably some of the methods similar to what you're using. But I was just curious as to if your cholesterol kept kind of sneaking up, even though you're doing sort of what your doctor said and you thought you were getting healthier, but but you weren't. Yeah, exactly. My, by following my doctor's advice, as soon as I started following my doctor's advice, I got fat and sick and my cholesterol kept getting worse. The triglycerides were getting worse. My blood pressure was getting worse. My thyroid stopped working uh, and I couldn't sleep at night. I had all these problems. And then uh, basically, as soon as I, I combined my approach of eating real food, this was kind of like before paleo um, really took off. I combined um, eating real food with what I learned about physiology and um, and the human body, mostly from the world of like bodybuilding and fitness athletics. And uh, and I, I talked to a lot of models and people who had lost over 100 pounds. I'm just like, so what did you guys do? Um, and as soon as I I basically... I had been com- <laughs> collecting knowledge for a while mm-hmm. and most of it pointed to the, toward, toward the fact that I should be eating uh, more fat, more protein and fewer carbs, um, which are all like doing those things. My doctors said that that would kill me and I would basically have a heart attack. Um, but I did it anyway. And then I, you know, instead of having a heart attack, I lost 20 pounds and like all those problems that I just described pretty much went away within a few weeks, just wow. gone. Uh, and I was just like, well, that was easy. Why doesn't everyone know this? Like, why was it so, why did it take me years of trial and error to like get to this? Um, and then, you know, I, I, you know, basically just looked at myself and I had a body pretty much like straight out of fight club. And I'm like, how did this happen? This is crazy. Like everyone should know this stuff. Um, this, Working this less works. hard and eating probably Probably eating, eating, you know, you're not depriving yourself in any way. And I'm sure, you know, you're getting the results you finally wanted. That's right. Yeah, I was, I was eating more uh, and I was, not, I was way less hungry. Uh, and I, was, I started working out less. And then I got like totally jacked and ripped. And I'm like, this is a, a, a travesty. This is a crime that people don't know that this is the way that, you know, 
we all should be living. Because I was, I was eating out of boxes. I was eating diet foods. This is all because my, my doctors and fitness magazines and all the rest of it told me to do this. And, and so I just felt so duped and tricked. And so I started my show and started writing books just to try to get the truth out there. And, and that's another part of, you know, the, uh, the douchebag who has his shirt off on the, the little, um, <laughs> thumbnail. It's like, I realized then my background, some of it is in marketing. And I realized that there are some pretty shady people out there and they're using all sorts of tactics to, to get people, um, to follow their diet or buy their product or whatever. And it's giving them the wrong information. So part of that too, is me just fighting fire with fire and wanting to like, you know, that was hard for me to put that picture up. And that's just one example. I mean, there've been many examples of this, but, um, it's been hard for me to compete with people who are so, uh, dishonest because like the pictures, I know a lot of the people in the industry now, and a lot of them are overweight. They are not, you know, like the pinnacles of health that you probably expect from reading their books or going to their blogs or, or whatever. Um, or even listening to their podcasts in some cases. Interesting, so, yeah. uh, I just, it, it was really important to me to fight the whole, like be hungry and miserable all the time. It's <laughs> <type. laughs> dogma that that a lot of those people shout at you because it can just life is so much better than that so from this that that's when you decided then to um to sort of basically share your story and help other people um you know benefit from the same results um and, and tactics that you used for for your um health journey i guess you could call it yeah and not only that like i didn't claim to have all the answers from the beginning i'm just like look this what i did was easy, so much easier and clearly better for my body than what everyone was telling me to do. Let's try to get at the truth uh, of all of this. And so I wanted to get people smarter than me um, to help, you know, just, just talk about this. Like what, what is true and what's not true and what does the science say? And, you know, I've done more than a hundred interviews with some of the smartest people in the world as it relates to physiology, health, wellness, nutrition, and, and all the rest of it. And, uh, man, I, I've learned so much and hopefully the people who've been listening have, have learned a lot too, but it's been great to basically see and meet people who are doing work that's real <laughs> and true. And they're not just like hawking products all the time that are trying to, you know, sell you as opposed to actually educate you and inform you about what it takes to be healthy and happy, um, in today's world. Cause it is not, easy if you don't really know what to do or if you have incomplete advice, but it's, it's really pretty straightforward if you do know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I had to stop looking at men's health years ago. Just, I got yeah. sick and tired of it and I have an exercise physiology and kinesiology background myself. So I was mm -hmm. reading some of this going, you know, some of this, there's some good information in there, but it's just the way they try to market it and twist it. Um, and no disrespect right. to uh, my previous uh, guest, Adam Bornstein, who's a fantastic writer and he used to write for Men's Health, but I sure. really respect his work. But um, yeah, so that brings me to um, a point, actually, I wanted to ask you about misconceptions that people have about diet and fitness. Now you said, you know, you've talked to tons of experts in the health and fitness arena. So what are some of the, and from your, your own experience, what are some of those big misconceptions that you see that, you know, the general public has about diet and, uh, and fitness? I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that there is one diet, uh, you know, that applies to everyone. And so you can, <laughs> here's the problem, you know, there's like paleo has a, has a big issue with this because uh, it used to be even a couple of years ago and everyone was like, rah, 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 paleo. Um, 
it was strict and dogmatic, no legumes, no dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should be no caffeine, no canola oil. Um, saturated fat is cool, but like the messaging was all wrong. Like it didn't make any sense. Um, and now like <laughs> paleo effects is, is this week. And I, so I'm going to be speaking there. Um, actually doing a panel with Mark Sisson and Rob Wolf, which should be a lot of fun. Oh, very cool. But, but now all the paleo people are like eating dairy and like drinking coffee <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, you know, on the computer all the time and doing this like advanced physiology type exercise stuff and biohacking. And it's like, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, the framework falls apart as soon as you start doing stuff like that. And so that's why I've, you know, I, I've tried to, you know, as a community, paleo rocks. The people are so cool and there's so much like slow food, foodieism and, uh, and smart people. And great research, you know, cutting edge stuff. But the problem is like U.S. Uh, what is it? U.S. News <laughs> put out the thing about paleo being the worst diet in the world ever. I saw that, yeah. Um, and, and so there's a problem because we in this community, we get it, right? You know, like we know how to eat. We know how to train for the most part. But outside of it, it just drops off a cliff and no one else really knows what to do. And so they're buying the latest diet book, the latest fad. Some of them are low fat, high carb. Other ones are high <laughs> high fat, low yeah. carb and everything <laughs> in between. And uh, people just keep hopping from diet to diet. And uh, no one's doing what really makes the difference, which is eating a ton of vegetables, right? Like <laughs> if you want to know why vegans have so much success and vegetarians and people who take on paleo or te- people who take on pretty much any diet, it's not because of the diet. It's because they're getting loads of veggies in and they're finally getting nutrition and it's pushing out all the bad foods. And that's yeah, really the answer. Exactly. You know? I mean, yeah, when you're eating more fruits and vegetables, most more than likely you're going to probably mm-hmm. not be eating other foods elsewhere. And I mean, that's right. what I've found from experience. Um, my wife and I and our son, we typically have um, a big smoothie in the morning with, you know, nice. we put in greens and spinach and kale and yeah, I just had some, mine. <laughs> yeah, and some fruits and stuff and, and we love it. And um, sometimes I say to people, it's not necessarily what I'm eating now in the morning, but it's what I'm replacing. Like I used to, yeah. I was that guy, you know, I was a cereal phenom, like I love my cereal. And, um, but it's, you know, now I'm more happy that I'm actually replacing the cereal and all the, you know, the sugar and carbs that go with the cereal and not necessarily that I'm adding, you know, kale and spinach in the morning. That's, that's just a bonus to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as, as soon as you do that, it pushes out all that junk and all exactly. of a sudden you can just, you can be human and feel good and not think about, you know, the next time you're going to eat cereal. I mean, I was right there with you, man. It's, it's like, <laughs> I loved cereal, but, um, because it was good for you and it was like it had sugar in it and berries and yeah exactly what what can be wrong with all that right (laughs) yeah and it's and it's health food i mean your doctor tells you so the commercials tell you so the fitness magazines say that you should be eating more of those whole grains in your cereal so i was all about it i was eating whole grain pizza i was eating as much cardboard as i could and it made me fat and sick and so you know you still find lots of people doing that but um at the same time it's not uh, I, I do eat grains still. I just eat them differently now. Yeah. I, I eat them the right way. And I didn't know that I was eating them the wrong way because no one tells you that. No one tells you that you need to, aside from Weston A. Price, which really isn't popular <laughs> in the, the public consciousness, they're not great at you know marketing themselves either. And that's that's the problem because so much of this is about marketing. And the more you you kind of move up in this world, the more you realize it's not the smartest people at the top, it's the best marketers for better or worse. And usually that's worse. But I think the internet is starting um, to democratize that. 
and make it easier for people who are actually telling the truth, who their, you know, their fans and followers actually like, it makes it easier for them to pop up to the top, um, and, and continue to spread the real messages uh, and, and try to go after the truth because no one has the answers. Uh, it doesn't matter if how much you understand about biochemistry because the more time you're spending with your head down in that biochemical pathway that you specialize in, the more you can't be an expert in the overall kind of like meta analysis of how the body actually works and vice versa. If like myself, I'm a generalist, so I don't know nearly as much as the scientists do um, about pretty much any biochemical pathway. So, because of that, um, that dichotomy between those two things and that, that struggle to meet up in between, the messages are just all over the place and no one knows what to do. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I agree with you totally. Now, that's, that's the diet uh, side sort of taking care of. What about from the, like, the actual fitness side? Um, any misconceptions uh, that you see uh, commonly talked about out there? Yeah, one thing, it's, it's funny because the pendulum sw- swings back and forth, at least in the paleo community. I think we have a lot of people who are just like, oh, 80% of your body is, is determined from what you eat. So I'm just not going to exercise. And um, that's, that's become problematic. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's, you know, like it, it really is true in a lot of ways. But that 20% that, that of the exercise is like, fantastically important so that number doesn't work anymore so you know what i mean it's like um a diet and exercise matters like exercise matters and diet matters yeah and and looking good just it's not the only thing that you know counts towards health right it's the the actual the fitness and the working out there's there's magic happening on the inside Um, exactly all that physiological stuff that the good stuff that happens with exercise that you know you could have you could look great and have a six-pack abs but you might not be a, a bill of health Right. You have a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, and, and that happens all the time to athletes who are abusing their bodies. You know, the, the average age of uh, someone in the NFL or, or a lot of professional sports is like you die in your 50s. Um, and it's, it's interesting because you don't really see them in the public consciousness after they fall off a cliff. Uh, you, you see them in their prime. And, you're, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's so what true. you think an athlete is. But I mean, they don't have it dialed in either. A lot of them, you know, they're fueling with the wrong things or burning themselves up. And, uh, I, I, so I think we get this, we get this problem of people who are on either side of that. It's like the people who are not exercising are just like, well, I eat right. So it doesn't matter. And, and you know, that <laughs> plate full of tons of bacon and meat, they're just like, well, yeah, it's, it's cool because it's a hundred percent paleo. And it's like, <laughs> No, it's not. And bacon actually isn't that paleo at all because like, <laughs> it's unprecedented. And, uh, and, and so you get those folks who are just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm just going to kind of eat my own paleo thing. And it's cool because it's all 100% paleo. Then you have the people on the other side who are just like, well, you know, diet doesn't matter because I'm exercising so hard all the time. Uh, and, and that's, uh, that's rough for both people on, on both of those sides. And what you can actually do, and this is what I do, is like um, I've calculated it out. And I, I generally speaking, exercise for, and I'm talking like hard exercise, but I generally exercise for like five to 20 minutes a week mm-hmm. of like actual exercise. And the rest of it is just me kind of like standing. I have a standing desk. I walk around a lot. I go for hikes on the with a dog, um, nothing major, but like, you know, 10, 20 minutes a day. And, and on the weekends, I'll do a lot more than that. And if you, um, if you have your nutrition dialed in, uh, with the right macronutrients and, and, uh, the right amount of food for your body 
and who you are and your lifestyle at the time. And then you do enough exercise such that you are affecting your body composition in a positive way. And like you have enough lean mass, then this is all like pretty straightforward. Like I was saying before, it's like, it's easy and it's pretty, it's rough to hear people try to complicate matters by saying there's one perfect exercise and it has Mm -hmm. to be done in seven minutes or two minutes or you need 13 crunches or something crazy like that because everybody's different and we should be focusing more on trying to get people to uh, figure out their own truths you know the things that really work with their own bodies because people should be their own gurus yeah exactly and um you're coming up with some perfect segues for me because i want to really ask you about self-testing nice this is a good point to um to bring that up. I know you're um, big into self-testing and uh, trying mm-hmm. trying out things on yourself. Um, I just want to go into that a bit. Um, how do you decide what you want to test? And then how do you, I guess, how do you administer or, or, or log the tests or track the tests when you're doing them on yourself um, in a fashion that allows you to, you know, look at the results and, um, and make tweaks and then benefit your, or make bit, improvements to your lifestyle after that. Yeah. So I got really into research when I was in college. Uh, and, and so I kind of learned about controlling variables and running, uh, well-designed experiments. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily do that anymore. <laughs> I hope not. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be nuts. I mean, and some people do, you know, some of the, the quantified self people are pretty into making it super technical and they're collecting all this data all over the place, but they're not really doing anything with it. Some of them are but a lot of them aren't. Um, and so uh, it's, it's one thing to collect information. You're not going to make much change or get much insight if you're not collecting information. So that part is important. But what's really important is using that information. So mm-hmm. collect the information that you plan on using. And so uh, a few months ago, I got a basis watch. And there are a bunch of them like that now that, that track your sleep and they track. And actually, I had a Fitbit before that that I was trying to use to um, to um measure my sleep and and see what the quality of it was. But I found that I just, you know, it's all about compliance too. And so if you forget to put it on one night or if you get to like press start or whatever, which you have to do with some of them, then you don't get that full data and you don't get um, that aggregate data of looking at your week and being like, okay, I got this amount of sleep um, because you have missing data. So I got a basis watch, which I wear pretty much all the time that automatically tracks my sleep. And I can align that to, you know, how well I'm performing from an exercise standpoint, from a productivity standpoint. And I have it basically, you can look at, it's, it's so much fun. Um, but I'm looking at my sleep and doing some sleep hacking stuff, like uh, messing around with um, PEMFs, which is basically like pulsed electromagnetic um, energy that's, mm-hmm. that's coming out from, uh, I use a earth pulse to do it, but I've also used grounding mats and like tried the grounding thing. I'll try pretty much anything and then I'll measure it against, uh, or I'll, I'll look at the data to see if it's actually doing anything. Um, because here's the problem we have science and really good science, unfortunately, is at least a, like one to two decades behind cutting edge stuff that we don't understand yet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always uh, measuring myself. And trying some of the new things or some of the old things that might make a big difference and, and move the needle on something. So yeah, for me, it was, it's so weird, but you know, if, uh, 
you know, if people are talking about like electromagnetism and grounding and other stuff like that, they could be like, well, it's so cool, but it's hippy dippy if you don't have numbers to prove it. And so for me, I'm pretty open minded and I want to, I want to see if the numbers are doing anything. And, uh, for me, they are, it's like, if I turn that thing on, then my sleep is fundamentally different, um, than if I, if that thing is off. So Um, is is that, is it a mat you're sleeping on or what is it? No, so it's a, um, it's called an earth pulse. It's like 600 bucks. You can get them on Amazon actually. But, uh, basically what it does is tries to align your own, like we're electrical animals and Mm it basically in this, in a similar way to like binaural beats, um, align your, uh, your rhythms from the inside out with what you should be doing when you're sleeping. So, you know, alpha, beta, theta, and, and the rest of it. Um, it, it's <laughs> even the people who are selling the products aren't that great at explaining, you know, what the <laughs> science is and why it works. But sometimes you happen upon these things and who knows, you know, like maybe the data totally won't show that it was doing anything for most people, but it affects some of us. Um, the people who are selling this stuff don't even necessarily communicate it that well, what these things do. But I think it's fun to, to experiment with the new stuff that comes out, whether it's a piece of gear um, or anything else to, to see what it does to you. If it fundamentally changes the way that you live. And I think the best thing that most people don't really track uh, the, the best thing that can make a huge change in people's lives is the amount of sleep that you're getting and trusting that you're not just like in bed but actually sleeping uh, is something you can only do if you're tracking it. You know, because yeah, I agree. Actually, you mentioned the Fitbit. I have a Fitbit. Um, yeah, I'm not using it uh, currently, but I used it for a good month and tracked sure. my sleep. And um, yeah, it was just interesting because you know you can you can log your sleep a couple days in a row and write it on a piece of paper. But once you have all that data in front of you for a month, I was looking. I was like, wow, I actually wake up a lot more times than I really thought I did. Yeah. And then then you can go into it and really dive in and go, okay, did I eat something right before I went to bed mm-hmm. that night or was I on the computer? I don't know. You can just you can look at lots of things. But um right. yeah, I think sleep's a really interesting one. And um of course, I mean every every new electrical piece of equipment now coming out seems to track sleep. But um it's 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 a cool um way if you want to start tracking something to start with sleep, I think. Yeah. Another one I really like is food sensitivity testing. And so I did mine from true health labs. There are other ones that do it. A lot of nutritions, nutritionists will do it as well. And so I looked at, um, IgG, IgE testing for a panel of like 200 foods. And there were a lot that were in the red zone, which means my body is having like mounting an immune response to some of these foods, which is totally bad news. Um, and a lot of them were highly paleo foods that totally surprised me. Interesting. Uh, so I did it the, the first time about a year ago. And the, the worst foods for me at that time were olive oil, grapefruit, honey, uh, and a couple of other ones that are escaping me right now. And then there was a lot kind of in the yellow zone. Um, but that meant that I couldn't eat pretty much any food that was paleo anymore <laughs> because everything is olive oil in it yeah. or it's honey in it or it has some melts that you know I was I was highly allergic to. Um and even beef measured on that scale. It was in the yellow zone. And so I was just blindsided by this. And so I avoided those foods um for the better part of a year. And then I got tested uh I guess a little more than a month ago. And pretty much everything that I was avoiding um 
and and some of it I was avoiding a lot more <laughs> than the other yeah. stuff. But pretty much everything changed over the course of a year. And I've I've made so many different changes. I'm fasting a lot more now. I take digestive enzymes. I've changed the way that I exercise. So much has changed. Um, but my food sensitivities have changed entirely as well. And pretty much all that stuff that was in the red zone, I don't have anything in the red zone anymore except for what was it? I think it's I think it's pinto beans. Wow. <laughs> random. <laughs> Which is totally random. Oh, pinto beans and string beans is totally in the red zone. Totally in the red zone. Um both of those stayed, but everything else went away. Um and I thought that was the coolest thing. Uh I had Allison do it as well. And it's just it's so fascinating. A lot of people go through their whole lives not really knowing what the what works well for their bodies. And it's it's a travesty because I think it cost me something like 300 bucks to take this test. I, th- I think you can get it for even less than that. And knowing that some things will totally jack you up <laughs> and you can just avoid them and feel great is really valuable. And for me, I can, t- like, since I do a video show, I'm in front of the camera several times a week and I can tell, like, you can look at your, your picture and be like, wow, I was puffy or my face looks fat or I was retaining water or whatever. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of cool to be able to map that to what you did that week. That's very cool. So is the test, is it, um, is it a blood test or what do they, how do they yeah. uh, administer that test? Yeah, it's a blood test. Basically, you just go get your blood drawn, uh, takes 10 minutes and then they send it in and, and send you back a panel within the next, a um, couple of days. I remember the first time I did it, they, they, I sent it and I headed back within like 48 hours and I, I had no idea how they did it that quickly, but I was very surprised. And, That's and cool. I'll, uh, I'll definitely have to check that out and uh, we'll put a, a few links in the show notes for the uh, the people listening as well. Nice. Um, so let's talk a bit about habits and, uh, and I listened to a really cool uh, episode you just did with... Um, Again, his name is Gase Music. UJ Ramdas. Yeah. UJ, yeah. And I see he's also from Toronto, which is cool. And um, he has um, a company called, or um, a website and a, a tool called the Five Minute Journal, which was really cool. So, um, and uh, I really enjoyed that episode talking about, you know, gratitude and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, I was wondering from the mental side of health, what's, what's helped you build your healthy habits? I'm so glad that you said healthy habits because that's that's the real thing. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't want to know about your uh, your nighttime cereal habits like I have. <laughs> <laughs> your healthy habits. Yeah, how did I build them, or or what are they? Uh, well, how how did you how did you build them? What helped you What helps you build healthy habits or long lasting habit positive habits that you're you know looking to build yeah. or have built? Man, it's really consistency. It's about taking one at a time, trying it out, and hopefully sticking with it. Um, cause meditating once won't really do that much for you <laughs> and, and doing your gratitude journal three times a week and then giving up won't do anything either. In the same way that if you do that with any sort of exercise or nutrition plan, you won't get any results. Uh, and, and so, um, whether we like it or not, I, I, and I think older people know this much uh, better than younger people do, but the more that we could err toward consistency, and lean toward consistency, the happier a lot of us are. And, you know, there's something to be said for going on a crazy vacation and, you know, like acting out every once in a while and doing something outside of your routine. But I can tell you every morning I take my dog for a walk and uh, and we go for a hike. And so we walk down the street and then we get to this one part where she's on the leash until we get to this one part. And then she knows to sit at this one particular part of the driveway and then, uh, I take her leash off and she 
bolts as fast as she can. And then she like takes a hard left to exactly the same spot where she pees every single morning. And then she bolts to the next spot. And then she takes a number two and that spot. And then we run down, uh, you know, to this little creek. And I've never seen a dog as happy as a dog that's following its routine, you know? Um, And so everyone knows that, right? Like everyone knows that the dogs need the exact same thing every day to be as happy as they possibly can be. And uh, we don't want to think that we're like dogs, but, you know, rhinos, dogs, people, we're all mammals and we come from, you know, pretty much the same place. Exactly. And um, trying to fight the fact that you think you're better than having a routine is just uh, detrimental. So getting those healthy habits in there, you know, like meditation is one of them. And this has been proven by so much science and uh, so much anecdotal evidence. Um, I didn't start by meditating two hours a day. I started by meditating for literally like two to five minutes a day. And I was doing it. Actually, I had Tim Ferriss on my show and we talked about this and we went through like the perfect five minute meditation that, <laughs> that checks all your boxes. And um, we can, I guess we could link to that in the show notes. Yeah, I put absolutely. it in the in the blog post, or you can just copy and paste it into your blog post. But it's like, it doesn't have to be hard. It, you just have to do it. And I used to teach uh, guitar for a long time, um, pay my bills through college. And uh, it's just about, you know, the kids who got really good were the ones who just sat down for five minutes a day and just rocked out. It wasn't the ones who, um, you know, were forced into playing for two hours on the weekend on every Saturday. It's the ones who do a little bit at a time and you slowly invisibly sometimes make progress. And that's the stuff that really changes your life. When it starts to change because of that habit that you don't have to think about anymore, that's really cool. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. And um, have you heard the term identity-based habits? Ooh, I like that. I have heard that before. And yeah. I think that's that's a home run. <laughs> yeah, I had I had um a guest, James Clear. Are you familiar with him? Or maybe you've oh, been yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah. He's been on the show. Great dude. Yeah. So I talked to him a bit about identity-based habits, and it really resonated with me and actually made sense with a lot of things I do. Like I've, you know, I've been running for 20-plus years, and I work out, et cetera. And a lot of people always ask me, how do I keep at it? And for me, it's, it's sort of my identity now, and it, that really right. resonated with me because I've just become that kind of person that you know, whether I'm tired or, you know, I've had a long day at work or whatever, a bad day. I'm, it's just part of my identity. I'm the, I'm the kind of guy who, you know, works out three, four times a week. That's just what I do. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm the crazy guy who goes running on holidays because I like to, and that's my identity. Yeah. Well, totally. Yeah. Like one of the best things you could do for yourself is, uh, is be known as that weird, healthy guy. Yeah, because you know if you're that weird healthy guy and everyone's like trying to to push that bread in front of you or be like these tortilla chips are delicious, let's try these. Then you're just like, no, I don't, I don't do that. Like I'm, I'm not really into that. And uh, after a while, everyone around you, around you starts to get that that it's uh, it's just a part of who you are and you're weird and you're you're one of those people who doesn't do what everyone else does. And that's one of the most liberating things ever. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned meditation as well. You know, if you want to. Mm-hmm learn or start meditating, you know, don't, don't go over to India for, um, you know, a month at an ashram and, you know, get mm-hmm. started that way. Like, like you said, start, start with being the per- type of person who meditates on a daily basis, but it might just be for two to five minutes a day. Um, yeah. so just getting that identity base. But anyways, uh, yeah, I just thought that really resonated with me. So I just wanted to bring that identity based habits, um, point up. Absolutely. So let's, um, uh, 
we're we're getting close on our time here, but let's. Um, I just want to touch on a couple more things. Um, yeah. Let's let's go back into your workouts. You mentioned um, your fitness, and you do you know pretty quick, intense workouts. So what's uh, what's a normal workout like for you? So it's kind of all over the place. But what I'm doing now. Um, because I, I'm under deadline to write a book <laughs> and run all my businesses at the same time is, um, I used to do it pretty much all in one day and it would be about like 45 minutes or something like that for the full workout, including all of the rest in between sets, which, you know, if I'm doing deadlifts, that means like five minutes rest in between sets. Um, what it looks like now is, uh, actually let me pull up my calendar just so I can recite this Let's to you. Do it. <laughs> but this is a great way to do it because not only does it um, track exactly what you do, but you've kind of made a commitment to yourself and it's well organized and you know that it's all getting done. And so for me, it's pretty simple. Mondays, I do deadlifts and squats. And that takes, you know, for deadlifts, I do um, somewhere around like 15 to 17 of them per set. Mm-hmm. And I do two sets, that's all. And then squats, I do like 18 um, per set and I do two sets of those. So like the full workout um, is literally like one to two minutes, but the rest time, if you include that is like, I don't know, 10 to 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, and then on Tuesdays I do pull-ups and I just do one set basically to failure, um, or right before failure on Wednesdays I do Tabatas and I do burpees. So it's basically 20 seconds on 10 seconds off. And I do it for, um, about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursdays I do planks just for two minutes, just do a plank Friday kettlebell squats. So I'm just taking the kettlebell and I'll kind of toss it around whatever way I want. Um, but it takes like two minutes. This is just kind of like to get the gig, the day going and get your blood flowing mostly to make you feel good as opposed to, you know, for anything else. And then on Saturdays, this is an optional one. I can do pull-ups or push-ups or anything I want. And on Sunday I do absolutely nothing. I promise myself and I make myself, even if I want to work out, I don't. Um, and that way I can every Monday get ready for that week and just do like heavy deadlifts and squats. Cause if I let like my, my workouts creep into Sunday, I found that I can't rock it that much that week. So that's what it looks like. That's cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, totally. It sounds like a lot. Um, if I say it that way, but it's literally like five to 10 minutes for each one, even less in some cases. And if you wanted to, you could put that all in an hour on Monday, which is what I usually do. Yeah. And it's, or, or what I used to do. It's rather. probably important to note too. You're, you're not lifting light weights. I mean, because you know, you're, taking, yes. you're lifting heavy. That's right. Just yeah, so that and, people know, like, don't, you know, don't be afraid to, to lift heavy. And obviously you want to make sure you've got the proper technique, but, um, in your instance here, like I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're lifting heavy weights. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's he- heavy all for weights. you. It's all relative. Yeah, it's heavy for you and it's with the proper form. And, uh, you know, for me, I actually, I don't want more muscle and I don't really see the point in increasing strength. I just kind of want to maintain. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot easier to maintain than to grow enormously or shrink enormously. And and that's worth saying too. For sure. Um, so you mentioned your book, when, when's your book coming out? Uh, it looks like early 2015. Cool. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that for sure. Oh yeah, it's going to be a beast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're just, uh, as I said, we're running on timer. So if you had two two points, um, two recommendations or advice you could give to people that are just looking to up their game when it comes to their fitness, health, and wellness, uh, what, what would you say to those people? Eat a salad tomorrow and then try to eat one the day after that too. 
<laughs> I like that. And every day for the rest of your life, get some veggies in. Like that would be my challenge. I, and I try to do this for myself too. It's just like, it doesn't matter what the veggie is. Every single day, eat a vegetable. It doesn't have to be 20 vegetables. Just like get it in and you can feel good about it. Same thing with doing a you know two minute workout in the morning or two minute meditation. It's if, if you want to be healthy, pretty much every single healthy person I know, every person who lives a long time, has a happy life, is getting their veggies in. So go for it. That's awesome. Great advice. Um, so Abel, I want to say thanks very much for your time. It's uh, much appreciated. And can you let everyone know where we can find out more about what you're up to and uh, how we can uh, get in touch or stay in touch? Yeah, totally. So easiest way to find me is to go to fatburningman.com. And if you sign up for my email list, you get a bunch of free cooking videos and uh, delicious grain-free cookies and <laughs> nice. a bunch of like fun information. And also if you dig podcasts, which you probably do if you're listening to this, then um, just look up Fat Burning Man. You can find my show pretty easily. You'll be up near the top. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's true. The, the douchebag shirtless guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you've One got of them some, anyway. You've got some cool apps I see too. You've um, I've checked out um, the Caveman Feast, but you've got the, a 14-day juice challenge and yep. uh, another app called, is it Gluten-Free Desserts? That's right. Yeah. So if you want to get your veggies in, you can do that. If you want to cheat and have some tasty, um, mostly paleo, but certainly um, gluten-free desserts, there's that one. And then if you want the whole shebang, uh, Caveman Feast is our our um, Cadillac of paleo apps. <laughs> and uh, and people really enjoy it. I did that with George Bryant. And well, I literally eat from that all the time. Very cool. We'll be sure to uh, link all those uh, in the show notes as well. Abel, thanks again, and we wish you continued success. Thanks so much, Mark. This is fun. Thanks, Abel.